The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and I have some friends today from my old haunt, Thorns Marketplace. They are Lindsay Pope and Jonathan Gregory from Sanctuary up on the third floor. Hi, you guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for being here. It's really great. Mm -hmm. Um, Our good friend Luke uh, connected us. So Mm -hmm. shout out to Luke Abbott, um, who has also been on the show previously. And um, I'm so glad that uh, they pushed us together and got us to do this. So for those who don't know either of you um how did you land in northampton can you tell me a little bit about yourselves maybe i should start with that one since i i am the one who has the history here well fun fact actually the reason i know luke is because we sang in the same acapella group in college so i didn't know that yeah thank you for that fact (laughs) we both went to mount holyoke so um and that's how i came out to western mass originally it was as a college student And then um, it just happened at the time I was training to be a musician. I was um, after college. I got my master's in choral conducting. And then it just happened that there was an opening for the choral position at my alma mater of Mount Holyoke. So I was. How fun is that? I know it was pretty awesome. It was a great first big job. Right. So and you already know it, right? You already know the space and know how the like administration works and the students and the lay of the land. Yes. It was a little weird. Um, I don't know, being a teacher with student with um, s- teachers who like saw me in my pajamas during yeah. morning theory classes. I was now their colleague, uh-huh, you know. So uh-huh. that, that was... did you just keep wearing your pajamas, but like with a blazer no, over? I looked much more no, professional. Okay, good. So yeah. stepped it up. Yeah, yeah. and then uh-huh. um, yeah. So I was here for five years, and this was where I lived on my own. And then um, Jonathan and I kind of rekindled a. Uh, a romance that actually started when we were teenagers. We met at summer camp. <laughs> where? Where? What's sam- what summer camp? It was Camp Newfound in Owatonna in Maine on Long Lake. Um, we both went there for our childhoods and met there um, and had been friends ever since and kind of got back together in our late 20s. And after I went to um, school in Texas, got my doctorate in choral conducting as well. He came with me. You know, we got married. We lived down there. And then all we wanted to do was be back in Northampton. It was like we just figured out how to get back here. Well, we just... Texas is just like Northampton. It's ex- Yeah, they're so similar. I think one city <laughs> might be. Austin. Yeah. Yeah. That's not Texas. We weren't there. We were in the <laughs> Dallas area. They do have good food. Really yeah. good food. So. We share that. Yeah. And some very nice people. Some very nice people. Oh, sure. We share that, too. Yeah. As long as you don't talk about certain things. Uh, That's, yeah, that's accurate. That's like Florida. There are some very nice people down there. (laughs) You just don't talk about certain things. That's true. It's true. So Maybe that's a lot of places. Yeah. So, I don't know. We ended up prioritizing place over career and ended up moving back here and living. Now we live in Williamsburg. And... um, you know, and at, at the time, I took a pause from my career as a musician because we were wanting to live here, and I wasn't sure that the right job would come up for me. So that's when we bought the studio, and I had a pivot of career. And then, very serendipitously, there was an opening at UMass Amherst um, last year in their choral program, and I started there. And so now I'm happily employed by UMass Amherst and directing their choral program, and also working on the business on the side with Jonathan. So And so tell me about what being the director of a choral program looks like. 
because I have, I have, <laughs> yeah, I, have right. I mean, I, you know, are you, are you performing a lot every year? I mean, are you trying to get students to go through the program and become choral directors themselves? Yeah, I mean, well, UMass, basically the, the school of music there is, is like a little conservatory. So I'm working mostly with music education majors, choral music education, um, vocal performance majors, and then I have a few um, graduate students in voice and conducting that I work with. Um, so I'm directing their top level choir called the Chamber Choir, um, and we perform very regularly throughout the year on and off campus. And I'm uh, teaching conducting to undergraduate and graduate students and serving as a mentor for people who want to pursue this. So, so for me, not ever having done any of this. <laughs> Conducting always seems like this wild and crazy thing, right? You go to these, yeah. Like, and I haven't, nece- not necessarily, I'm thinking more probably music conducting, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how music conducting is different from choral conducting. Oh, like you're thinking like instrumental. Right, right. Yeah. I'm thinking like the, the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Right. They're honestly not that different except for who's in front of you and who you're cueing. And the scores are a lot thicker for an orchestra than a choir sometimes, although so there are some very advanced <laughs> scores required, but it, you know it's just a focus on on the voice itself, and there will always be text involved, which is why I love it. And um, there's a culture in choir. I think of like um, I don't know collective kindness and empathy that I really really love. Um, so there are some things that are specifically different about it, um, but. But they're actually quite similar in terms of the skills you need to do it. And yeah. so for you, a dream job would be what? Like where where like at the at the end of your career, like what would you like want to do or your last job, like what oh would gosh. that look like in Coral. Right. Well, honestly, the job I have right now is like kind of my dream job. Oh, so that's so I great. hope to have it for a very long time. Yeah, that's so great. Um, maybe one day I might go to a school with a doctoral program and then I would work with even more advanced students than I would now. But I don't know. I, I could also see myself starting my own professional ensemble on the side and, and doing that that had a specific vision. Um, and I think the work we've done at Sanctuary has been helpful because I've learned a lot about like starting a business, which is not that different than starting any kind of organization. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. And so, Jonathan, what are you up to? Like, tell us about you. I, we heard some of it through Lindsay because your your partner's both in the business and in life, obviously. Yeah, gosh. Well, uh, Mainly, I just follow Lindsay around. She has all the great <laughs> ideas and great visions, and I just nod my head and say, let's do it. Um, Seems so like it's served you well in life. It's, yeah. it's gotten me this far. So, <laughs> um, No, I mean, my, my short backstory is that I had a really wonderful, um, rewarding career in sustainability. Um, did that for a good 10 to 15 years, mostly based in New Hampshire. Um, which is where I went to college and I just kind of stayed there and was based in Concord and did a lot in the state capitol um, on the legislative side and just kind of being an advocate for renewable energy legislation and other sustainability causes. I was really involved in Concord's Main Street scene. I ran a retail store for five years and um, was involved in lots of committees and all that fun stuff. Um, and then got into solar and did that for, for probably the last 10 years or so. And that's actually my introduction into 
um, the Pioneer Valley was um, through PV Squared, which is based in Greenfield, great worker-owned co-op business. Um, when we moved back to this area, or when I first moved to the area, Lindsay moved back to the to the valley. Um, it was my first job, um, and I was their general manager, and it was a it's a really challenging, wonderful job. And I happened to just sit in that seat during the pandemic and had to navigate, you know, 50 employees through a worker owned cooperative model, managing that whole scene that all of us are all too familiar with. But that's um, a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. And um, yeah, we we had our first child and Somewhere in the middle of all that, you know, we bought Yoga Sanctuary, <laughs> which is now Sanctuary, and yeah, it just seemed like it was a lot, a lot to manage, yeah. Um, yeah. and so we kind of mutually agreed that, um, you know, me transitioning out of that kind of high-demand general manager position and doing more um, of the, the house care, the child care, and helping out with the the studio is going to be a better balance for everybody. So that's where I've been really focusing my attention for the last 18 months or so and trying to get myself involved in in the Northampton downtown scene and going to chamber events. Yeah, and that's, that's where we met each other. Yeah. So months ago. trying to like reinvigorate those old days of, you know, what I had done back up in Concord and just really getting engaged and and learning about all the local organizations and making connections and just trying to be helpful. Um, so, and so, yeah, it's I a fun time ask, for me. What was your store in Concord? Oh, uh, so it it was originally called Real Green Goods. We did have to change the name to Bonafide Green Goods at one point, which is a whole nother story that I won't go into, but. <laughs> It was it was quite revolutionary in the time. It was an earth friendly department store. This is like pre Amazon, um, pre like anything environmental shopping. Like we were educating people about reusable water bottles, you know, and why you would want to use organic body soap rather than conventional body soap, and you know, um, just really on that kind of frontier of education. Um, conscious consumerism is what we kind of called it at that time. Um, so yeah, it was I, it was a lot. I love that. Um, we have to take a break. We're already here. This is Tara Brewster. You're listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here with Jonathan Gregory and Lindsay Pope from Sanctuary, and we'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guests today are Jonathan Gregory and Lindsay Pope. And if you were listening to the last segment, we were hearing all about their past and their history and their travels in coming here. Um, but I had to cut Jonathan off pretty quickly because we had to cut to break. <laughs> Tell me, the, so the store, is the store still there in Concord, New Hampshire that you were telling us about? And what is its name? So everyone can yeah. get brought up to speed. Yeah, its name is Bonafide Green Goods. And I'm pretty sure the website's bonafidegreengoods.com. So definitely check it out. Um, it's gone through 
I think it's in its third set of hands now. It's kind of been one of these local businesses that has just kind of been passed off to the next generation. So not all that different than, you know, our personal experiences with the, the businesses that we're involved with here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. It's just like super local, super uh, committed to doing what's right and not really doing it for the profits of it all um, and really just trying to educate people about um, their consumer behaviors and trying to help kind of stimulate this next generation of shoppers where it isn't just like everything is disposable, everything's made of plastic, everything, you know, is made from some kind of chemical that you can't pronounce and Mm -hmm. just really trying to educate people and empower them to, to make good choices for their, their families. And so it was really rewarding work. I learned so much about supply chain management and labor issues and energy and all that good stuff, you know, but retail's tough. Yeah. Retail, retail is, is a beast, um, for sure. And so what, how did it sort of change your, your outlook on environment and on sustainability and what are the things, the values that you've carried forward to today? Mm -hmm. Um, what are the jewels that you can share? That's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely just taught me how complex the issues are about, you know, when we're trying to create some institutional changes or uh, cultural changes in behaviors or practices, whether it's on a business standpoint or a political standpoint or just consumer behaviors. It's just, it's so complex. It, you know, when you get into the backstory of where things are sourced and who's doing it and why they're doing it and what they're motivated by and how does it get from one place to another and what is its impacts to the people, to the planet, all that good stuff. It really just makes you think more holistically about everything that's going on and not just taking things for granted. I think Um, especially too as a parent, mm -hmm. um, you start to think about it more because the kids stuff is like so intense the toys mm-hmm. and the wants and the desires and like all the manufacturing of all the plastic stuff that's kind of where i really land a lot you know mm-hmm. it's like the, the i want i want i want it's like well you know where's this from and you're gonna want it and then you're gonna toss it in you know a month if i'm if i'm lucky if mm-hmm. i'm that lucky to make it last so yeah 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 it's it's definitely something to think about um and so, you know, trying to circle back to why we're here, you have a business in Thorns, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who have been in the area, gone to Thorns, sort of actually made it through all of the floors of Thorns. Because <laughs> newsflash, it's, there's not just one floor of Thorns. Because <laughs> every day I remember when I owned Jackson and Connor, people would come in and be like, wow, there's other floors in this building. I'd be like, oh, no. I'm going to lose they, it. I have to go for a walk. Did they miss those big stairs in the middle of the building? They, I, I guess it didn't call them to go up or go down or ride the elevator up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sanctuary, which was formerly Yoga Sanctuary, mm-hmm. um, is on the third floor of yes, Thorns. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually in the front. So, like, if you're driving by the main street, it's those big, tall, beautiful glass windows overlooking the main road is our big studio it's such a 
an amazing space. And and I did write in my notes somewhere in here. I'll have to show you when we break. Um, the the best view from a yoga space in downtown Northampton. Absolutely. So I'm sure. just yeah. If anyone hasn't been up there to practice some yoga or take a class or do a meditation or whatever, mm-hmm. um, please go because it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it I is. Could just like stare out the windows and just mm-hmm. you can see us hot tubs. That you might not have seen from your from your ground floor level, right? Yeah, like you're like, yeah. oh hey, yeah. who lives in that spot? Yeah. I, I gotta go make friends with them. I know. <laughs> yeah, there are some nice apartments, nice looking apartments up there too. But like, I love looking at the clouds go by when I'm balancing, or I don't know when I'm in a standing pose. I find a lot of comfort in that view. Yeah. Yeah, I spend a lot of time looking at the architecture of the buildings, like the top part of the buildings where they're all the intricate work has done um it helps me keep my balance when i focus in on some of that stuff <laughs> it's a different yeah. perspective yeah. yeah i'm thinking about hot tubs you're thinking about buildings yeah. you're looking at the clouds i love that yeah. something for everybody options. yeah yeah options so so sarah rose used to own yoga sanctuary mm-hmm. and so Lindsay, you were a practitioner there is that how you came to to purchase or know about the sale of the business? Yeah, I was a longtime student um, of Sara and many of the other amazing teachers at the studio. Um, and when I um, moved to Texas for a while, I missed Yoga Sanctuary so much. I mean, there were times when I turned to Jonathan and I said, I just want to live in Northampton so I can go back to Yoga Sanctuary. Aww. So it's always had a really special place in my heart, always felt like a home away from home. And I created a, an amazing community there of people who thought about life um, in a way that wasn't overly simplistic. And I think what I mean by that is just like embracing all of the flavors of life. And um, a lot of the philosophy that the teachers teach is about kind of living in the world with your feet on the ground and doing what you do and that a spiritual path can be literally anything that you choose to do. It is not kind of transcending our human experience. And so I just always found that to be a really affirming perspective. Um, it's not in any sense like a devotional space or a, you know, a religious space, but it is definitely has like a philosophy that I think is really affirming to humanity. Um, and it's what it's what drew me to it and kept me coming back. Um, yeah. And then during the pandemic, Sara wanted to sell the space. She had actually been looking to sell for a really long time. And we had seen, you know, the green bean clothes and other places that we really adored. And again, I turned to Jonathan and said, if we lose Yoga Sanctuary, I'm going to lose it. Like, you know, I moved back. I moved for Yoga Sanctuary. We cannot lose this space. <laughs> So Jonathan was actually the one to reach out to Sara and just say, like, how's everything going? Do you need help? And um, that's kind of what opened the conversation to the transition. Yeah, as I was like managing a business myself and um, going through that whole experience of how do you do this in the first six months of the pandemic, I started thinking about all the other business owners that were doing that same thing. And uh, because we were a part of the studio, I just was feeling a lot of feels for Sara and how things were going. And so I reached out to offer any kind of guidance or support. I think PPP funds had just come out and, you know, how do you navigate that? And, um, yeah, and just, rules were changing so yeah. much at that time, you know, to take them, to not take them. And could mm-hmm. you take them and could you not? And pay back, not pay back. I mean... I still have PTSD from PPP. Uh, so sorry to bring it up. I'm like, oh, <laughs> PPP. Yeah. Can we yeah, please you know not? Me. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, so I think between me reaching out kind of on that uh, support level, empathetic level, and then Lindsay having the the personal history mm-hmm. um, with Sarah, there was just a natural opportunity for us to engage in a conversation about what could this look like? Mm-hmm. And Sarah kind of initiated that. Um, so we just kind of rolled with that conversation over a few months. We kind of found out some pathways that made sense for a lot of us, uh, for everybody. And mm-hmm. long story short, we, we, we kept it going. And so that was 2020 that yeah, you took it over? June, June of 2020. Yeah. It's amazing. So we were fully aware that we were in a pandemic. Ah. We, we didn't, we weren't <laughs> aware of how long it would affect local businesses and that was incredibly stressful. We thought, oh, six months, a year, we can weather that, but it has been a much longer road. I mean, we still have people coming back to the studio who are saying this is my first time back since the pandemic. So, wow. It yeah, has... just their comfort levels with being in space with others. Mm-hmm. And since our vision is built on being together in community, <laughs> we really need people to feel safe yeah. and comfortable being and together. So are you still doing in person or virtual or both? Yeah, all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, most of our classes are still hybrid, online and in studio. Um and then we do have some in studio only offerings that are now for the first time, you know, becoming quite well attended. So that's great to see. Well, I have to tell you that I went um for a menopause workshop with Alexis Major um Jameson and it was really quite phenomenal and ended up sleeping for half of the class so i had to apologize to her afterwards but it's a compliment uh, i took the handouts and i still have them in one of my bags because i'm kind of a bag lady but um i look forward to more offerings in the future um it was incredible and uh yeah so we're at a break again um so we need to do that but you're uh listening to the western mass business show i'm tara brewster and i'm here today with Lindsay pope and jonathan gregory from sanctuary and thorns we'll be right back the western mass business show with tara brewster whmp the western mass business show with tara brewster whmp welcome back to the western mass business show i'm tara brewster and i'm joined today with Lindsay pope and jonathan gregory from sanctuary on the third floor of thorns marketplace and we're talking about their business and uh, how they came to own it from Sarah Rose and whether the pandemic. Um, but I have a question for you. How is Sanctuary different from Yoga Sanctuary? Mm-hmm. Thanks for asking that. Um, well, we actually had a, a different name um, at first, but I think there was always a vision when we bought Yoga Sanctuary that we wanted it to become more of a community space a space that was centered on wellness, which is what it is now, but not not necessarily completely through the practice of the physical practice of yoga, but through um, expanded offerings that I'll let you know Jonathan get into, and also how um, yoga as a philosophy can intersect with every aspect of our lives. So um, I think what we're trying to do is change the name, rebrand slightly so that we can see the space less as specifically a yoga studio and more as a space that can hold how wellness intersects with um, our social justice work, um, our creative activities, 
um, and also just community work in general. And also being a place of refuge or safety, which is the definition of sanctuary. That's right. Like, that's why we didn't end up changing the name because I just, I was so attached to the idea of a sanctuary, um, sanctuary cities, um, you know, sanctuaries for wildlife. There's, um, and there's also a little bit of a, a devotional component to the word that I think really references the kind of sacred nature of providing safe space for and people. And being held. And being and seen. held. Yeah, and valued. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, the uh, original business name was just Sanctuary. That's what Sarah wanted to call it originally, but she started getting phone calls from people like, hey, I found this, uh, you know, um, hurt you know, falcon, you know, where can I bring it in? Or like, you know, this turtle is crossing the road, you know, what? how do you help with that? Like, you know, thinking it was yeah, like an animal yeah, sanctuary. Yeah, that's so hilarious. she's like, oh man, I got to put that's the word so yoga funny. in front of this name. Yeah. So people know what Full I do. Circle. Yeah. We might get those phone calls. Yeah. Out. I was yeah. like, have you gotten any of those <laughs> phone calls? Yeah. yeah. Well, I can help out with that. I yeah. know a little yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So. Tom Riccardi. Yeah. Yeah. But why don't you talk about what we offer, honey? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yoga is still a you know a pillar to what we do. Nothing has changed there. Um, we have always had bodywork rooms in the back back areas from the big studio that we've rented out to a few body workers um, that just had their exclusive space. But we've recently changed that to be uh, rent by the hour model, and we're hoping to really make that be a big part of the community moving forward, hoping for dozens of body workers who are looking for an accessible downtown space, um, whether they're just getting their practices off the ground or whether they want just a convenient downtown location. Believe it or not, there's a lot of businesses that uh, don't have like an elevator in it downtown. So, you know, thanks Thorns. Thorns does. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so just opening it up to a lot of different practices on kind of a private healing arts basis, therapeutic work and coaching and all that kind of stuff. And there's just, there's so much work to do and there's a need for accessibly priced um, studio spaces downtown. So we've priced it in a way that it makes a lot of sense for everybody. Yeah, we provide discounts for certain identities. So the body workers, um, if you identify as LGBTQ or as a person of color, you automatically get a discount for renting the space. And that's partly because we know that historically wellness spaces have not been welcome to certain identities. And so it's like a small way that we create reparations. Like it doesn't matter what your financial situation is, like you deserve a leg up Mm -hmm. with your business. Mm -hmm. That's Um, amazing. And we also give discounts for people who offer low-income body work. So regardless of your identity, if you're offering low-income body work, we'll give you a lower price for renting our space. That's incredible. And so what kinds of body work do you do? Yeah, so your traditional massage therapy, uh, we have several folks who do that. Uh, Rolfing technique is another one that we have a few folks who do that. Alexander technique. Rolf, the Muppet. Oh. <laughs> I just can't not. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of like, you know, alignment based principles. Yeah. Um, that's a big part of, of the healing arts. We have an oh, Alexander technique. Alexander technique. Which um, is? It's, a, it's an alignment based yeah. um, 
philosophy um, that they're helping you to move the most efficiently and functionally through and your life. And probably with your chakra energy mm-hmm. as well, right? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I can't speak to that, yeah, but our, I, um, have to a lot that. of actors and singers use it. So oh. I was introduced to Alexander Technique as a classical singer at a very young age. So it's a great thing for creative people. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is all very new stuff for me personally yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a background in sustainability. I'm like, wait, what? This, there are so many different ways that um, somebody can get attuned or adjusted or um, you, you know, advised to take care of yourself. And we're, it's, so I'm learning as we go, but um, you know, coaching and that kind of stuff as well. We've, we've got some really nice private spaces that we're just trying to make accessible for folks and we kind of help with the logistics behind all that. And so if people want to see what you have, where do they see what you have or your offerings? Yeah, we have a page on our website uh, for studio rentals. And what Um, is your website? It's yoga-sanctuary.com. We kept the same URL for the time being because it is very easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it pops right up if you search for us. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so I saw on your website that you have some pillars um, of equity, community, vulnerability, and compassion. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that is reflective in both the students that come in and the class offerings that you have? Sure, absolutely. Um, So some of those pillars um, were actually created by Sara Rose originally. So we've definitely honored some of the philosophies that she brought, um, especially vulnerability and compassion. Those were two that I think she really lives and that I've learned from her. Um, But um, we definitely, we added equity um, in 2020. Um, During the racial uprisings, we really had to confront um, who we were as a wellness space. And um, even though we intended to cause no harm, we had to recognize, you know, the impact of just literally who, what are the bodies in our space and who is not in our space. Um, And so we had to confront that um, as a community and um, that was right during the transition to when I became owner as well. So in a way, it was a good time to reevaluate the business. Um, I think that the philosophy that Sara teaches actually is innately has a lot of um, social justice within it because it's about, I mean, yoga is itself like a political act. You know, it, it has been used um, for social justice initiatives for a very long time. Um, and yet we don't we think of it as a separate thing, mm-hmm. as a thing we do for fitness or to check out. And um, that is never what I learned at the space. I learned that we use our practice to check in with ourselves, to confront our discomfort. Um, and I think we're just trying to make these implicit values of the studio more explicit by posting on our, our website what we are about, by having our you know our panels in our spaces you walk in, seeing our values, being very clear about who is welcome in our space. Um, we also have done a big restructuring of the finances of our business so that 100% of our profits actually go toward our scholarship fund. Um, and we offer scholarships to whomever asks, um, no questions asked for practice. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you for doing that, really. Um, and so 
you know, I think that uh, you're absolutely right about yoga, um, you know, strengthening from within, really giving us like a view to inside of us to be stronger externally mm-hmm. and to do more of the work that needs to get done externally. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I was really interested in hearing from you about was um, the collective, mm-hmm. um, which is your collective of teachers and practitioners. And um, can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, who's coming in and teaching and what that looks like? Yeah, I, I can speak to that. Um, part of, you know, my uh, knowledge gained through being part of a worker-owned cooperative kind of uh, really impressed upon me how important it is to have a sense of collaboration um, and a sense of democracy in a workplace. Um, and while we're not a cooperative, um, we chose to use the word collective because we are an informal group of professionals, all of the teachers, body workers, educators that offer services in our space are independent contractors. And it's important for us kind of as the the space manager, the people doing the customer service and the outreach um, and the scheduling, all those business administration stuff. We want to have a really constructive relationship with these professionals. Some of them have day jobs. Some of them, they're just piecemealing all of these individual careers together. Um, and so we just want to have that symbiotic relationship. I love that. This is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here with Sanctuary, and we'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm here today with Lindsay Pope and Jonathan Gregory from Sanctuary on the third floor of Thorns Marketplace. And Jonathan just said, I keep, (laughs) he keeps being the one that gets cut (laughs) off. So hopefully we won't do that to him in the last segment. But um, you were really talking quite eloquently about um, how the collective is formed at Yoga Sanctuary. And you said there was about 25 um, different collaborators there um, that are 1099 workers. And I have a question for you about that um, because it seems like a lot. Um, How hard is it to um, sort of corral all of these people and to get everyone on the same page and to formulate your um, schedule of activities and events and upcoming programs? Mm, Yeah, it's it's part of the joy of my job, quite honestly. I'm, I'm like a puzzler. I love little puzzles or big puzzles. So for me, I get a lot of pleasure out of it. I also... Um, have some really great support with uh, our employees that we have. So that helps a lot. Um, But honestly, it's just like, for me, it just starts with surrounding yourself with good people and people that you, you know, can have a really positive, constructive relationship with, people that like share in the spirit and the vision for what you're doing. And I think once you have those kind of commonalities, working on the logistical stuff just kind of works works itself out right so there's never any like fights over who gets what like time slot in the week or no there really isn't they're they're they're, so kind and considerate yeah Yeah. the people that (laughs) the people we you know the people that were already in the the studio and then the people that we've added since they're just they're all wonderful human beings and it's a real real joy to work with them and really just kind of show up and support them each day Mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to do uh, it's it's their business, their gifts, their 
um, offerings that we're just kind of coordinating. Having a sanctuary. For yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I get a lot of pleasure out of that. But yeah, it, it's, you know, part of our business model is structured with some like recurring schedules that people, you know, know they can expect every week. So there's that level of consistency. And then there's private um, kind of sessions that are done directly, directly between the professionals and the students or the clients. And then there's these other aspects where we do events. We call it special programming, where it's you know either one-off or maybe it's done seasonally. That takes more coordination because it's it's irregular and we're always kind of reinventing it. So there are these different elements that all kind of require different logistics and how it's arranged. Um, so mm-hmm. it's a nice flavor of mix, but it, yeah. it it all works out somehow, one way or another. And we're really excited about adding to all that over the coming years. Um, we want to do a lot more educational events um, around social justice issues, around trying to amplify all the great nonprofits and causes and interest groups that are working on really important things in our community. And just mm-hmm. how can we create awareness around those issues so that the community members can uh, be more aware and involved and engaged and support it or, you know, whatever it means to, to, uh, to support them. So, mm-hmm. and so you do have classes every day. Do you have offerings every day of the week? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's something happening in there every day. The, the real bottom line for us is like, how do we, have that space filled all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of time still. There's a lot of opportunities for programming in our space. Um, We offer, I would say, one to three yoga classes a day, um, depending on the day. So always a morning class, um, always an evening class during the weekdays, sometimes a noontime class. We also offer regular uh, prenatal yoga classes um, on Monday and Wednesday evenings. One is online, one is in studio. Um, we keep those separate because there's a check-in and we want it to feel confidential for the people who are there. So it, it doesn't make sense in a hybrid format. Um, but it's a wonderful offering that that I used when I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we also support, you know, parents, um, birth parents who are postpartum with a postpartum yoga and baby class on Monday mornings. And Fun. that is very well attended right now. We, we think we actually might add a second one if we can soon. Um, we've had a lot of requests for that. I'd yeah. like to come and just watch the babies oh, crawl around. So um, I don't know if you could ever yeah. have like, like mom zoo. Oh. Like oh you, I, I go through a Corey screening, obviously, but like I'm like, hi. I just want to like see the babies yeah. and not have them be mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. We've got. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> mine are ten and seven. Thank thank the good Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and not babies anymore but babies are so cute who doesn't love babies yeah I think we're really that was always a big part of the yoga sanctuary mission too is supporting prenatal and postpartum people and and parents of young families so we're trying to continue and expand on that mission Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and also back to Luke who brought us all here originally we got um, connected up through Luke uh, with Sebastian Merrill who is just a really wonderful poet yoga, yoga teacher in the area and he is um, leading our queer and trans yoga series, which is something that we're gonna be doing 
regularly um, Thursday evenings uh, starting in the fall. And so there's a really strong community that's building up around those offerings as well. Amazing. So if you identify as queer or trans, that's the yoga class for you to participate in to yeah. feel safe. I think we had about 15 students in the first series. amazing. And I think often they go out for drinks after. Oh, fun. (laughs) It's it's Thursday. It's Thursday night. It's it's pretty much Friday. Plywood Ranch of the weekend. I love that. I love that saying so much. I need to incorporate it into my vocabulary. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So as Lindsay said, like, there's just a lot more space in the programming. I'm in that studio quite often, and there's still times when I'm the only one in there. Um, And so the collective, which is our professional group of individuals who have all these gifts to share, we're looking for more people to join. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, they can learn more about that through our website. There's a page dedicated to the collective and who those people are and how we support them and, you know, the types of people that we're hoping to collaborate with. And yeah, just, you know, check it out and, whether you just want to do one thing every few months or whether you want to do something every day, like we're, we're kind of open to engaging in conversations. Mm-hmm. So something I saw that really interested me was Sunday in the park mm-hmm. yoga. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> we did it more during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, this particular one um, is with a very beloved teacher who still teaches online only. Um, so this is her in-person offering for the year. <laughs> and all of her students are going to come out in droves to practice with her. But anyone is welcome at that. Nice. And yeah. It's in Child's Park. Yes. Um, Sunday, right? Yeah, July 30th. 30th. Yeah, great. Oh, yes. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And then um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was um, your partnership with the Eric Carl Museum for the kids yoga. Yeah, just kind of back to some of our roots with the perinatal groups. Um, we have a really great teacher, uh, Lori. Marenzi. Marenzi mm-hmm. recently got married. Um, and she offers kids yoga ages two to eight. Um, and we've developed this really great uh, partnership with with the Eric Carl Museum, where they basically offer um, the yoga class for free once a month um, to anybody who is a member there. And yeah. we, um, you know, get Lori to another opportunity to teach. So it's nice. great. Yeah. Well, and I've emailed you a bunch uh, over the past year about me bringing my kids in for a private yoga class. So mm. I need to do that too in the near future. Don't let me forget now that we've actually met in person and right. hold me to it. So if um, people want to check it out, yoga-sanctuary.com. Yes. Thank you, you, Joan. Thank, thank you. Joan. Um, and while we're on the thank yous, I'm going to say thank you to Greenfield Savings Bank for supporting the show and supporting my livelihood and the community's um, happiness with me being in it. Um, and also to Business West, uh, thank you so much for all of the great publicity and notification that you give of um, professionals up and down uh, the entire valley and also over to the Berkshires. Thank you so much for the, all the news that you report on for us. And also to my neighbor, Craig De La Pena, mm-hmm. um, who is a realtor for the Murphy's Realty and also a um, innkeeper, uh, Sugar Maple Trailside and on Chestnut Street in Northampton. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and my guests today were Jonathan Gregory and Lindsay Pope from Sanctuary. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it, and we'll talk soon. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. 